welcome to the podcast. I'm Hannah. And I'm Katie. And this is One Kiss Kiss Means Forever. This is the podcast where you get your heart broken and you think life is one way, but then you find out that, uh, no, it's not, and the person that broke your heart actually still might be in love with you? Wow, what a roller coaster. These are the kinds of roller coasters we talk about on our favorite made-for-TV romances, the kinds that you find on Hallmark, Lifetime, Netflix, etc., and Christmas. Yes. This movie makes me think of an unexpected song. <laughs> That's all I think when I see, think about this movie, which is uh, called An Unexpected Christmas. That only we are potting. <laughs> Love it. Thank you. I had to finish the phrase. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I, di- I didn't have a good end for it, which is why I didn't do it. And you, you saved me, Katie. And I love you. Um, I love you so much. So... Uh, we are talking an unexpected Christmas today. I don't love this title. It's sort of bland, but that's fine. Um, this is our premiere of 2021 on Hallmark episode. Uh, so this aired on the Friday after Thanksgiving, November 26th, 2021. It's brand new. Um, brand spanking new. Um, and we, we picked this like knowing absolutely nothing about it because it starred Tyler Hines and Bethany Joy Lenz and like and well I don't I we didn't know that at the time Katie no this is true but it made it even better like this is like the culmination of one kiss means forever (laughs) baydom I say that fully ironically because I hate that term but we got Tyler Hines check we got Bethany Joy Lenz check then we got this written by Paul Campbell double double trouble check like I am I was like over the moon slam dunk home run all all the sports metaphors this was made for us specifically yeah oh my god I I guess it's like spoiler alert I loved it (laughs) (laughs) oh darn but don't turn off the podcast we got lots to talk about (laughs) um but uh, I, I don't think I sent this to you in the synopsis that I sent, which is Hallmark's uh, blurb. Yes. Because it is so magically nothing. <laughs> so nothing. Are you ready? I am so ready. Let's do it. A writer convinces his ex-girlfriend to pose as a couple for Christmas. It's brief. <laughs> That's not even like... The pitch. <laughs> it's not the log line, my friends. It's not even the log line. Oh my gosh. Well, I mean, then more room for us, right? Yeah, right. We're going to tell you all about this movie. We're going to have fun. Let's jump in. Let's let's dive in unexpectedly to this expected podcast. Yes. So Jamie and Emily are broken up. Wah, wah. Uh, Emily, played by Bethany Joy Lenz, is planning to spend Christmas alone at a resort in Hawaii. Jamie, played by Tyler Hines, mm, sorry, <laughs> yum, um, is going to be home with his family for their first Christmas without their granddad. Um, but Jamie's parents want to know if Emily is going to join them for Christmas. Why would she do that, one might ask, if they're broken up? 
Well, Jamie has not informed his family of this development, even though it's been over two months. Like, they didn't want to break their heart after yeah, grandpa's death. Get into yeah. <laughs> but, of course, Emily's boss needs her to run a promotional campaign for the city of Fulton over Christmas. And Fulton is where Jamie's family lives. Not great, but it does come with a promotion. And that means she, like, can't turn it down. It's got the cushy corner office. At least that's what she expects until she gets off the train and finds Jamie's family has arrived to pick Jamie up from the same train. And, like, just pure coincidence, they're both at the train station at the same time. So same place, same time. Jamie's family just assumes that they arrive together and Emily is now roped into Jamie's lie. So Emily is super upset and confused, as you would be, um, but agrees to go along with Jamie's plan as to not upset anyone for that day. She'll just head to her hotel after hellos and never see these people again. But at the hotel, there is an issue with her reservation, so it looks like if she wants a place to sleep, she'll have to stay with Jamie's family uh, for the night. So, ugh, more lies. <laughs> Jamie feels guilty about the lies. He, re- he really does. But he only wanted to keep everyone happy over Christmas. You know, it's a, a lie of omission to avoid more heartbreak or whatever. And he knows how much his family loves Emily. And when her celebrity spokesperson, Jackie Joyner, Joyner Kersey, which who is actually in this movie on a phone, like, it's like, what? But no complaints, but what? Um, falls through for the campaign due to weather, you know, freak snowstorm, or maybe not so freak. I don't know. Um, he offers her his boss, the governor, in exchange for a week of fake dating, basically. Uh, And even though she knows and voices that this is a terrible idea, she agrees to do it because what's a few more lies? In the web of lies. In the web of lies that are all basically going to fall on Jamie versus job security with the governor. So Emily's campaign must include all sorts of like the town of Fulton stuff. Um, One thing is the town tree lighting. Uh, So uh, because her camera crew is in this sort of like uh, can't get to Fulton, Illinois um, due to weather, she has to do it herself. So luckily, Jamie's sister Becca has a film degree. And he's got parents, a grandma, and a nephew to help out as well. So Jamie's parents are totally buying this whole fake dating thing and like, because they're being so weird about it, they're speculating that there's a proposal because dudes are weird before proposals. Um, but Sister Becca is a smart-ass cookie, and she can tell that something's up. So she drags Jamie out to her she shed, love it, and makes him confess that he and Emily are just pretending. She knows better. Yeah, she does. So Jamie is responsible for writing the Christmas Day address for the governor. He's a speechwriter. And Emily needs to rework the campaign for Fulton to be for the governor, not Jamie Joyner Kersey. It makes sense. Uh, but Jamie is having writer's block, and Emily needs to figure out what makes the town special that, like, incorporates the governor correctly. Mm. So it's tour guide Jamie to the rescue. Procrastination plus helping Emily. Yay. Yay. Uh, so- <laughs> So they spend the day together talking and laughing and eating and discussing, you know, their lives and blah, 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 blah. And they're connecting. 
and they end up in a bar where Emily just basically tells the waiter that they're fake dating. <laughs> just sort of out of the blue. It's kind of wonderful. <laughs> that sip of whiskey went right to her head. <laughs> um, but by and large, Emily and Jamie are having a really good time together, of course. Um, so, like, you know, they're being all cute. Like you do in these movies. Uh, Jamie helps Emily come up with the idea of her campaign, and she's encouraging of him. Oh, so why did they break up, you ask? They seem like they're a pretty dang good couple. Well, it turns out that Jamie was hella threatened by Emily's success when compared to the relative lack of his own. Uh, so the whole, like, I didn't want to hold her back from her dreams, but I'm not going to tell her that jive. Um and this job with the governor is still very new. He hasn't even written the speech yet. And it might go away because he hasn't written this speech. So, like, he still feels like want want about himself. Yeah. Get over it, Tyler Hines. Men. <laughs> <laughs> so, Becca is directing the town Christmas play. Uh, her musical director slash actor does something and, and he, he can't be in the show anymore. Uh, so she blackmails Jamie into his role to take over the role in order to keep this dating secret of his. And of course, also Emily is roped into helping out as well because also she is complicit. <laughs> Becca is not playing. So uh, the play is Christmas Eve, which means that Jamie's friend Gina, who got him the governor job and also works with the governor and might be the chief of chief of staff or something sort of like that, question mark. Yeah. She she's she's got a higher position with the governor. Um, so she, she's coming into town to prep for the governor's address that's gonna be in town. Um, you know, and so she's gonna like hang out with them and, and go to this play with them and all of that. Uh, and they go to dinner with Jamie's family. But who the who's the waiter? Why, it's the same waiter from the bar, and he knows their secret. And he's about to basically just tell everybody. He missed the secret part. <laughs> like, he remembers who they are and that they're fake dating, but also completely forgot that, like, it's a lie that they're trying to keep. Um, <laughs> so in order to get him to shut up, Jamie basically is like, Becca, go order and pay for dinner. Here's my credit card. And uh, Becca, I think Becca does do this, but she uh, leaves with Gina, leaving her son with, I assume, his grandparents to get home. Uh, <laughs> and she and Gina go go home, not not home together the way we think home together, but home together in Hallmark movie terms, which means like share a car ride. Yeah, um, they have a night. They, they, they might be uh, making eyes at each other. Uh, so that night, with the speech still unwritten, um, what is that? Now I feel like that's Natasha Bedingfield or something. Yes, the rest is still unwritten. <laughs> I knew where you were going with that. I, yeah. I followed. I followed. Hashtag mass singer. Um, <laughs> so that night, with the speech still unwritten, Jamie gets ready for the play. Dressed in an inflatable unicorn costume, he is confronted by Sister Becca, who reminds him that he still loves Emily. But Jamie has just overheard Emily talk about a job that would take her away for months. And then he assumes that he has no chance of getting back together with her. And this is not the mindset to be the saver of Christmas. So this unicorn gets disoriented. The confetti cannon goes off at the wrong time. The sets fall down. It's a mess. 
oh man <laughs> whoops <laughs> and we promise we'll get into the inflatable unicorn bit <laughs> okay so after the show, Emily tries to talk to Jamie about her feelings for him and that they're they're still as strong as ever. Uh, and he basically shuts her down because he's like, you're leaving, blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to let you talk or anything. Uh, and she decides she can't do any more of this lying and the back and forth with her heart and all of that. And in true Hallmark fashion, Jamie's entire family overhears and learns of this deception. You know, they have this fight about the lie and and everybody hears it. And then Jamie has to admit to Gina that he doesn't have the speech. So everybody, is like, it's just a shitty Christmas Eve for everybody. This Everybody's is, sad. This is the moment where I feel like, Hannah, you were, you were trying to say, I hate Uncle Jamie. <laughs> when I was treating this movie, I genuinely looked for that gift. <laughs> Um, so that night, after a pity party fueled by his love of Emily and wine, uh, Jamie is finally able to write the speech. So that's one problem solved. But the following morning, after opening presents, Jamie finally gets his head out of his ass and decides to stop being so scared and go get the girl. And the family jumps into the minivan and um, head to the governor's speech. But oh no, the governor had to cancel due to a family emergency. And Emily is like upset because of that whole situation and already left for the train station. Which means they have to go off to the train station where Emily is watching the governor give her televised speech from her home rather than Fulton, as she was supposed to. Impressed by the speech, Emily looks up to find Jamie standing there. And he declares his love for her and promises to change and not be so scared about, you know, her success, I guess. Uh, so they kiss. And since one, one kiss, kiss means, means forever, she's essentially part of the family, which the family makes quite clear by mobbing her. And Gina even asks Becca to be her date to the wedding that presumably will happen. It will, will cuz. One, one kiss, kiss means, means forever. forever. <laughs> <laughs> well, they could they could live in sin forever. That would be so mean. So absolutely will not do that. <laughs> no, they won't. I mean, considering they're supposed to be together and the they're supposed to be together in this scenario and they get, were given separate separate bedrooms. Which... I, I thought about that. I actually because I I was thinking about my sister who had to stay in a separate bedroom from her now husband when they visited his family, even though they lived together. Yeah. And everybody, you know, like this was not a secret. Speaking of them living together or not living together, I had this thought. So at the very beginning of the movie, Jamie is making coffee in his apartment. And he has, he, he pulls out these mugs. Uh, to drink his coffee out of. And one has a J for Jamie and one has an E for Emily. And he takes the E and he turns it around and he like puts it on a higher shelf. Like, it's painful. I don't want to look at the E. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's evil. Were they living together or did he just have, like, I could make an argument for like, she moved out. And I could make an argument for he had a coffee cup for her at his place for hangout times because... 
for sleepovers. For premarital sex. Yes. I think either are, I mean, either are valid. I just, like, it seems like the kind of thing that you would have in your couple house, not so much in your non-couple house, even if you're, like, together. It seems like a couple gift that somebody would have given you. It doesn't seem like the kind of thing that you would buy for yourself. True. I don't I don't know the answer. We can create a backstory for these mugs. <laughs> like I in if you know, I, I watched this movie the first time and like it just assumed that she had moved out. Like it never even occurred to me. And then I was thinking about it and I was like, that's very unhallmark of them to do that. So maybe that's not the case. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Um, okay, so so this movie for me has just a couple kind of what the fuck moments in terms of just ultimate like story hijinks. But after that, I'm pretty cool. Like this is a, there's a lot of uh, why that's fun moments in yeah. this in this movie. I agreed. So what are the chances that she has to do a campaign in this 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 town yeah. of Fulton? Like that kind of was like eh, okay, whatever at Christmas. Exactly. Because if they're doing a campaign for Christmas at Fulton, this would have done been done a lot longer before mm-hmm. Christmas. This would probably be for next year. Yes. And they could figure out the governor then or whoever. But my biggest what the fuck moment, <laughs> and you might laugh at me for this, is there's a conversation between Tyler Hines and Becca, mm-hmm. the sister, mm-hmm. where – she basically like opens up her heart to him and is like, this is not the life that I ever thought I'd have for myself, especially with my film degree. And like, and I don't know if I was projecting my own like broken artistry onto this conversation, but that's, it seemed like a really vulnerable moment and it was very vulnerable, vulnerable for this actor. And the next words out of Jamie's mouth are, so how is your love life? And it really, really bugged me. And at first I was, well, I was still mad that it only made, and it only made it slightly better because she's a lesbian. And I was like, okay, cool, we're we're gonna be doing that. But still, also, fuck you. Like, it's not all about my love life. <laughs> oh, my dreams yeah. are broken, bro. <laughs> to be fair, I will give it that her dreams are broken in all aspects, like professionally, artistically, and in you know, because she does say like. You know, I'm a divorced single mom living with my parents. Like, yeah, that's true. Which you know ties in a little bit more to the love life section, and then the like. I'm not using my film degree portion of that conversation. I think, but, but I think her saying that she was, I, and I could be wrong with this. I think her response to how's your love life is, I'm a divorced single mom mm, who lives with my yeah. parents. So, yeah. like, of course, it's shitty, but yeah. I was just hoping that for, for that to be like an actual brother sister conversation about something so important. I, I I hear that, though I loved their relationship. Oh my god, yeah, like it was so good. Also, I loved like one of my favorite lines in this movie because there's a lot of lines in this movie that I absolutely I don't even know if like written they're that good, but like the delivery was like spot on. <laughs> um, was uh, her being like. If you don't marry this girl, I will, because we're keeping the her, her in the family, like, <laughs> like a threat. <laughs> my my favorite between the two of them is, um, can I borrow your car? You yeah. don't drive stick. Can I borrow your car with you in it driving me? <laughs> <laughs> I loved that bit. I wrote it down. Um, I think I even I tweeted that as well because I was. 
just, there are just a few like really great. To that point. Okay, so to that point, I actually watched I, – I did not watch this movie live because I was on the West Coast and did not have time to, like, watch these things over the break, um, over Thanksgiving. But I did watch the Instagram live that Paul Campbell and Tyler Hines did because Tyler Hines and Bethany Joy Lenz and, like, the producers or something had, like, a watching party together. And then they were like, yo, Paul, get on the line. So they did, and I watched a little bit of it. And Paul Campbell was so freaking cute. And he was like, Tyler, there are some absolutely shitty lines that I was groaning were going to come up. He's like, these are not going to land at all. But you, friend, made them into something brilliant. And we know this about Tyler Hines. And Paul Campbell, your words were great. So please do only things together. There, there were a few other, like, one of my favorite ones that I, I don't even know that I clocked the first time was right at the end. They're t- together again. And he goes, I'm so sorry. You had to see me in a unicorn costume. <laughs> Just so, it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> oh, okay. We'll get into that part. Do you have any what the fucks? I, I have one and a half. Okay. And they all have to sort of center on, on this house that they are staying in, this this home that his parents have that they live in and whatever. So this is Jamie's childhood home. And we learned that his parents were a bus driver and a front of office at the high school. This is a gigantic, beautiful home. How? I mean, obviously, because if you run a bookshop, you can have a three-bedroom home. <laughs> like, I mean, they complain about this playroom. First of all, they have a playroom. Second of all, it's got, like, it was beautiful. I was like, I would live in the playroom. I love the playroom. It looks beautiful. I think you've raised a really interesting point, Hannah. I mean, we all know the trope of, like, of of Hallmark. Obviously, these people with these jobs cannot afford these homes, actually. But I think the the trope of home for christmas at least in terms of like memory always feels bigger and grander than it might actually is so if we actually if we had a a, a nostalgic christmas movie in your childhood home that was in like a small little bungalow i feel like people would be disappointed because that's not the hallmark mm. christmas yeah. that people are okay. signing up for Okay. But yeah, I, I I did have that thought. They also have like 17 Christmas trees. Yes. Um, Though <laughs> um, the, the um, oh, what's it called? The thing over the stove. The, the man? No, the, oh, the hood? Yeah, the hood was like extra pretty. I, like I've I never seen a hood like that. Anyway. Not important. But speaking of, I had a what the fuck just real fast about one of those Christmas trees. One of those Christmas trees was outside and had very precious ornaments on it, like old childhood pictures. And I was like, I don't know if this is Chicago, but isn't it windy there? Why would you have these ornaments on a tree outside? (laughs) Well, their inside tree fell down. That's true. And presumably shattered everything. Um, but also, like, I didn't learn enough about Jamie in this movie. I agree. Part of the reason I feel that way is the set decorations. 
is because I want to know everything about Jamie. I'm so intrigued by this person who has, like, all they've wanted to do is be a political speechwriter um, based on what he was saying for Democrats. Um, <laughs> definitely not a Republican kind of kind of speechwriter. Um, so first of all, that's like a very a pretty unique dream to like yeah. that to have that. But then also in his childhood bedroom, so presumably decorated similarly to how it was when he was in high school. Does he have like sexy ladies on the wall? No, of course not. They are literally po. Like pictures framed first framed. I don't. I didn't have framed pictures in my high school bedroom. They were thumbtacked on the wall. Yep. Like a good fifteen year old. Yep. Um, <laughs> um, of dead writers. So like, it, it's like Oscar Wilde and Shakespeare and Tolstoy and Dostoevsky. Um, I'm trying to remember who else was on. Like, it's just. They're black and white, like, author photos. <laughs> oh, he was definitely an emo kid. He had and, to have been. He probably wrote poetry oh. behind, like, the auditorium. Well, I have to I have to call out uh, something that Corinne from uh, One Dry Kiss said on Twitter, because I missed it the first time, but I did catch it the second time. Um, he tells... Emily, because she's staying in his room and he's in the playroom, uh, that if she needs help going to sleep, there are New Yorkers under his bed. And Corinne said something along the lines of like, those are, those are not New Yorkers. <laughs> oh, or who is this person who is getting off on New Yorkers? I had the same thought. I was like, those are definitely playboys. He's like, you have to be bluffing. But also this makes me feel like if he is the kind of person who is like jerking off to New Yorkers, then we have um, Penn Badgley from you on our hands. And this is like a completely different movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's actually a killer. I would, I would buy him as like a Dexter type guy. <laughs> okay. Before we jump into the rest of it, um, can we just talk about the unicorn scene? Yeah, let's talk about the unicorn. Uh, I did see somebody like, oh, this is the, somebody say on Twitter, like, oh, this is the entire reason Paul Campbell wrote this movie is to get Tyler Hines to dress up as a unicorn with confetti all over his face. Like, in, in terms of visual gag, it's amazing. It also starts wonderfully because when he starts being blackmailed into it it is like you don't see it it's just like yeah like i'm not wearing that on that and he points to the stage like it, it is a full hardcore like absolutely not that's insane and then you get a lot of tyler before inflation <laughs> before inflation <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he looks like he's just wearing like a white painter's suit. And then yeah. she's like, Are you ready? And he's like, I'm ready. And then you click the button and it goes and inflates into the, the, the sparkle unicorn. So good. I think I saw on Instagram that his, uh, his chair read Sparkle Pony. <laughs> it's uh, so good. And like, it's huge. It's like, it's got, it's 
it's not like one of those ones that where like his arms are the other two feet. It's he's got like a full centaur thing going on. <laughs> <laughs> and he might be wearing tap shoes because he's making some noise and clip it's clap, clip clap. It's so fun. It's I feel great. like Tyler Hines in this movie is basically doing a Paul Campbell impression. And I even wrote these words. I think Tyler Hines is doing an impression of Paul Campbell, which is turning me on sexually. Like, <laughs> I just, I can't get over it. And I need more Tyler Hines like this. Yeah. Uh, it was it was so legitimately fun. Yeah. Like, I really enjoyed the, they're walking home from the restaurant. And, and he's like, what did we learn about telling random strangers our secrets? <laughs> A lesson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think I'm ready for Hallmark Hallmarks. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. I don't have right. too many ones written down, but I have some kind of new ones, I think. Okay. Um, well, I, there's a do this one thing and you'll get the promotion. True. We have a woman planning for a tropical vacation at Christmas, which gets mm. derailed. Yes. Uh, both of them have a due date of Christmas. Yeah. Uh, we have all the deception, the lying to the family, and he's also lying about uh, having the governor on board before she's on board. So mm-hmm. he's juggling a lot of balls. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a mom pushing for marriage and babies. <laughs> we have a weird family Christmas game. <laughs> um, there's a massive unexpected snowstorm. Uh, decorating the Christmas tree. Like, uh, the, oh, we're not a couple. Yep. We have a shooting star. Uh, saying everything, quote unquote, in private out in the open so everyone overhears. <laughs> yeah. We have some boomer wisdom from the grandma. Uh, and also, how did you know she was the one? Fuck you. This, so oh, this is just... the one. This was, okay. that was exactly the one. Um, I'm not, not actually fuck you. You're brilliant. Yeah. But last episode we talked about like, I'm like, oh, we never do this one. And I came up with it. And I'm like, this is going to be so good. It'll be all brand new. And Hannah stole it from me last time. <laughs> because Sorry. she's smart. Um, but yes, uh, overheard out in the open, but also doesn't ask for an explanation was my last one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, words, and, you know. I'm not counting it completely, but there was an aspect of the speech is secretly about you, but not quite. It didn't quite reach that level. I need to rewatch that speech. Very short. And it felt like because it felt like the majority of the speech came from the fact that she wasn't going to be at Fulton. To deliver yeah. the speech. So I was like, how is this the speech that he wrote if, yeah. I don't know. It didn't quite yeah. make that much sense to me. Um, yeah. and That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Pretty parade. Pretty parade. Okay. Um, I assume we have the same pretty parade. Well, I mean, if your pretty parade is Tyler Hines and Tyler Hines and sweaters. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. It is. I have tie tie and sweaters. <laughs> that red sweater that he wears, like kind of at the beginning of the movie, because it's just like. So I love. This is weird about me. I love the collarbone, and so when there's like a sweater that's kind of 
a little bit wider at the neck. Not not I mean, obviously not boat necky, but but guy boat necky that shows up. Holy God. I was like, and then at one point he like plays with it and like I'm like, oh you need to stop, Tyler, because this is a kid's movie. It's not. Woo! Uh, I, I'm a sucker for the the ones that are um, like, I don't know what what you would call them, but they, they, they're they like, they overlap. They're like a button up kind, but oh, he just, oh, just, yeah. the, the sweater, the sweaters were, I mean, he always looks great in sweaters, but they, they were uh, just very good. Very good. Um, I did stop counting the coats when I got to five. Holy God. <laughs> um, for you. she wears I was just like now we're done uh, she, she, I don't know that she re-wears a coat in this movie it's insane that's fine we know that <laughs> it is insane and I and I feel like I want to talk about this here because Bethany Joy Lenz is like too cool for school in my opinion like she's just a beautiful woman her hair is fucking sexy so like that's one of my pretty parades just kind of anytime bethany joy lens is in a movie like her hair is always great um and this movie is no exception but i feel like whenever people dress her with the exception of bottled with love they which her her outfits in that one were amazing every time people dress her they can't decide if she's like sweet or biker girl because she toggles between like kind of mary jane kind of dresses that are too short to leather like she has another leather skirt in this one. Well, yeah, it's a short leather. Skirt. It's a short leather skirt. She's got a freaking leather jacket, but then she also has these like super sweet. Like I have a pretty parade with this really pretty um, black but floral, slightly puffed sleeve long dress, which mm-hmm. I absolutely loved. So it's like they can't decide what her personality is. And I'm not saying that you have to have one personality with your costumes, but it, it's sort of a little bit off to me. It- well, she wears clothes that you don't really expect to see the same person wearing. Mm-hmm. And, like, she can wear both of those things and pull them off, and it's fine. But it's Emily that can't. Yeah. Thank you. Like, yeah. that leather jacket and that leather skirt did not feel like Emily to me, especially when the first time we see her is in this baby blue, like, matronly uh, dress, which the top is really cute, but the bottom is of the dress is really, really short. And it looks less like it's supposed to be sexy, but more like it was made for a 22-year-old and not, like, like she is too old to be wearing that. And it's also winter and it's cold. Also, it, it's specifically the color blue with all of that too because yes. it's like a periwinkle yeah you know, it's it's very it's got a look of like it's for an adult it's definitely for a young adult but also like you know that style that that you're like are you trying to look sort of like a child yeah question mark yeah and yeah. she was wearing that to work and that was her whole yeah. travel outfit and i'm like i don't yeah. buy it and then you go and wear leather like leather twice in the movie. and and like it. long plaid skirts I mean, some like, of the yeah. fashion I liked, but others I'm like, girl. It, yeah, it just didn't it didn't jive as, with her character. Thank you for your validation. I I hear that. Should we do across the universe? Um, my across the universe is about that leather, and I rem- okay. <laughs> remember I talked in Stone in Christmas how she had some atypical leather pants. I mm-hmm. felt the same with the leather that she wore with this. Um, the other across the universe is also Bethany Joy Lenz uh, 
related. She doesn't know how a big family Christmas works because she didn't have it growing up. It's true. Um, you clocked the cameo in this movie. I you? sure did. Okay. Andrew Walker makes a cameo in this movie. This is a smaller cameo than I would have expected. Like yeah. this is a, it's like you, like he's not the waiter or like, he is literally like the guy in the background. <laughs> <laughs> he has a line. He walks he in a- and he goes, Walker for two. Yeah. And the host says, you're over here. He almost bumps into Tyler Hines and he's like, oh, excuse me. You go first, man. He's like, yeah, thanks. Yeah. And that's it. I mean, right. He's it, like, but it's just it, like, it's one step up from true background. He had lines, like so he would have had a bump. But it's so minimal. It, it like, he's almost not in focus. <laughs> this is a Hitchcockian cameo. Um, and it was wonderful. And I was just like, of course, I'm. I mean, I love that they're doing these cameos that make me very happy. That being said as well, um, I love that it's Andrew Walker specifically. Yeah. Um, not only because, you know, he and Ty Ty are clearly friends, um, but also because it makes it a more Snowden Christmas because there is a snowstorm that's closing the airports and and making it so that Bethany Joy Lens is stuck in an eye Midwest state <laughs> doing a job <laughs> with somebody else's family. <laughs> I'm sorry, don't spit out your coffee. <laughs> A hundred percent. I got like you said it as I was thinking they should just do this movie in all 50 states. <laughs> we got Illinois and Indiana. We should just do Iowa next for symmetry and yeah. then and then wh- wherever. <laughs> all right. Let's do some new and noteworthy. My new and noteworthy that I, I mean, I guess besides the like let's put people in funky costumes bit um is that we have a character who is open out and a single adoptive parent and that's what they want to do with their life and it's great and like she has her own issues of course but like that being such a like like having it be there with enough of a spotlight to be noticeable, but not mm-hmm. enough of a st- spotlight to be like, look what we're doing and we're being so inclusive. Like, it just kind of the right level of. I agree. It was yeah. it was not broadcasted. It just was. Yeah. And also, like, her being a lesbian was not a thing. Like, him, when he was like, when she was like, I have a coffee meeting. And he's like, who could you have possibly met in, like, the last day? And then he goes, oh, Gina. And he gets really excited about it. Yeah. And, like, it, like I think it's so cute that it was, like, a, it's, like, brother's friend and sister, like, and he's really into the idea. I know. That was so sweet. I loved that. Because yeah. they're, like, best friends. Yeah. <laughs> and she shed. It's very cute. Um. I have a couple just like small new and noteworthies. Mm-hmm. Um, I just wanted to say holler for having a a, a black woman as a governor. Yeah, um, I thought that was great. Um, he took the train 
Um, I mean, I know we're still like in the same state, but usually they'd be renting a car or taking a plane. So like holler for train travel. There needs to be more infrastructure for that because train travel is the best way to travel. Um, we have somebody drinking right out of the wine bottle, him, which I don't, I don't think we often see. No, but, we don't. But also, my... I did like his, I don't have a glass. <laughs> <laughs> but my favorite new and noteworthy is they mention Don Draper at the beginning mm-hmm. of this. And I just wanted to spell out that we don't often hear about pop culture characters in these movies like besides Santa. Um, so it was sort of nice to like have that being brought into like our culture. Yeah. A little I, bit I more. Totally get yeah. Usually it's a like it's a wonderful life. Like it's old. Whereas like John Draper is pretty recent for Yeah. These movies. And he's I, a specific like character. It would be like the same mm-hmm. as and we don't even hear about Harry Potter, like, you know? Yeah. It would yeah. be the same level of nerddom to me. So yeah. I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, it was it was yes. So supporting shout out. We might have the same one. I bet we do. It's Becca. It's Becca. <laughs> Becca's awesome. I love Becca. Can I be her best friend? <laughs> like for serious. <laughs> when she is like basically like if you don't do this, I'll out your secret. And he's like, you wouldn't do that. And then she actually calls their mom. That was so great. It was great. Hi, Jamie has something to tell you. Go ahead, Jamie. (laughs) So good. I want them to be, I want another movie with like just them as siblings with like. Um, Yeah. I'd like. Or something. Yes, please. Wonderful. I love her. I love her so much. All, all right, Hannah, we're here. We're here. Kiss meter. So I have to say, Beardless Tyler Hines, we've talked about, has a very good track record. This didn't do it for me. Really? Yeah. And okay. I, I, I've thought a lot about why. Okay. So we're going to start with the first kiss, um, which was a coerced mistletoe kiss. I gave it a 6.5. It's fine, but, it, you know, I don't like the coercion. I don't like the lying. It's quite short. It's his parents have put mistletoe on a fucking fishing pole. Yeah. It, it's just a little icky in, like, context. So. I agree. No. I gave it an 8, though, okay. because um, in terms of their performances whilst kissing. Um, I thought it was the proper kind of kiss for the moment, and their expressions sure. while it's happening were perfect for their emotional arc as well. Sure, sure. I'll give you that. Kiss what about two. the second kiss? Okay, well, I feel like we're going to have different thoughts okay. because I rewound this kiss multiple times. Okay. First of all, the line before it is that unicorn line that you like, so – that gets points for that. Yeah. My first reaction went right to my lady parts and I wrote 10. Okay. Like, because at first it was like, it's a kiss. And then he like turns his head and like 
they take each other and it's like nice and yeah it's a little like whatever her, the parents are technically in the same room but they're not in the shot so I'm gonna forget about it um but it really just kind of it seemed like a ah uh, I I I, I mm-hmm. you're here with me I found you like okay so I gave it a 10 because right. I didn't want to break the street Hannah <laughs> But upon other rewatchings and rewinding, it didn't hit me the same way like Falling for You always does. Okay. But um, yeah. yeah, go ahead. So interestingly, a lot of my reasoning is the same as yours. Fascinating. And I gave it a 7.75. Oh my gosh, Hannah. Because I, I said I love the passion and the length and it looks like they are having fun. Mm-hmm. But it's the kind of kiss where I feel like it is inappropriate that I'm watching you do this. It's inappropriate for the setting. I don't. I think I'm supposed to avert my eyes. Like, I would be a little bit like, that's too much PDA if I, like, saw you in real life. Yeah. And, I like, it wasn't what I wanted for that moment. I think I would have been disappointed if it was anything else, though. I think there was a way to do it that was as passionate but less inappropriate. Like, I I can't come up with a better term than inappropriate. I just felt like just being in the middle of the train station. Like, I kind of wanted, like, a foot pop kiss rather than a, like, eat your face off kiss. I, I, I totally hear you. And I, I feel like this is where I've been so far with, with kisses. I, if I have a movie with Bethany Joy Lenz and Tyler Hines, who in my opinion are both sex on legs, I think I need this kiss just despite any context. Okay. But See, I totally agree with what, you, what yeah, you're saying. Like I think I – like had this been in like a doorway to the house, I think I would have rated it higher. Mm-hmm. It was the, like middle of the train station, middle of the day or morning. It wasn't the kiss that I wanted in the place that I wanted. I, I don't know. They're just it, it felt off to me. There. Um, I didn't rate the last kiss, so what did you give it? I gave it a seven. Okay. Because I thought in turn this that kiss was the perfect kiss for the place and time that they had it. It just didn't look as fun. I hear that. That's why I didn't like, rate it. I was like, meh. Yeah, like I, I, I like genuinely no notes. It looked cute and like we're in love and we're also on a date in public. And like, no it's, notes. yeah, no notes, but it, I did give it a seven. So Katie, <laughs> would you watch this movie? Again and again and again and again. Yeah. I I mean, it's, it's funny because there are a lot of like, like plot holy, what the fuck moments, but like we've been saying ad nauseum, this is just so much fun. The dialogue is fun. Bethany Joy Lenz is fun. Tyler Hines is fun. Bethany Joy Lenz and Tyler Hines together is fun. Like it's a, just a good time. It's super cute. Um uh I also said plus he is particularly cute in this movie with his hair and his face and his sweaters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How about you, Hannah? A hundred percent agree. I think this is going to become a Hallmark classic. Yeah. I think they're going to play this a lot. Um, I'm not upset that I've seen this twice in one week. Yay. Uh, yeah. I and wish I had a, had a little bit less deception. Yeah. But, but you know what? The thing is, 
I'm glad it's not deception with each other. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, I think that's way harder to stomach than, like, we're in this together against the other people. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there was a little bit of that with the governor, but, yeah, you're right. Mostly, like, the big lies. You know, with the governor bit, it felt less like deception and more like, I've got to do this for this woman that I love and I'm going to make it happen. And, you know, it wasn't, it didn't feel like deception, deception. It felt more like I'm going to manifest it into being if I wish hard enough. Yeah. And like, I don't need to worry her, which is, has its own issues, but like, it felt like it was coming from a better place. I'll take it. So, yeah. Oh, my gosh. So, we did it. It's unexpected, but expected at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad that we both like this one because I think I would have been sad if we didn't. I know. It would have been so upsetting if it was all of these elements and it sucked. I would have been irate. And it's actually pretty funny because my best friend who I was staying with um, for for Thanksgiving, who does not watch these movies, she makes fun of me a lot with love, um, like I flew back home and she texted me and she's like, is it bad that I kind of want to see this one? And it was unexpected Christmas. And I was like, <laughs> that was the one that was on the other day. And she went, man, I don't even know why I want to watch it. Maybe I just miss you. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, you do. But I have sent her pictures of Tyler Hines and she's like, oh, hello. Hello. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you. Uh, for for joining us on this adventure this week, we've got one more week of Christmas before before Christmas. How did that happen? Uh. I don't know. Okay, but one more week of Christmas. I think this might be the last weekend of like real major tweeting, though. Lifetime is not stopping their shit. So. Isn't that weird? It's so weird. We have we've had. A- a million premieres since October, but you can't give us something new the week of Christmas. Like what? Did you forget that it was the 25th? Like <laughs> what's happening? So thanks everybody. We've got one more week of Christmas to go. Um, and then uh, back to your regular scheduled programming, which we should probably talk about at some point. Um <laughs> uh, and make sure that you're following us on Twitter We're and Instagram, Facebook, One Kiss Means Forever, where the one and the four are numerals. And if you would like to be part of the Tyler Hines, Paul Campbell, Bethany Joyland's fan club, you can write to us at onekissmeansforever at gmail.com. That's all spelled out like it is on our logo. And thanks, as always, to Flynn Pastures for our intro-outro music. You can find his stuff on Apple Music, Spotify, and SoundCloud. And we hope that you have... A Merry Christmas, though I guess we'll have one more dropping before actual Christmas. Bye, guys! Bye! Katie, drink your coffee. (laughs) Unfortunately, this is decaf. (laughs) Why? Why?